Thank you for coming to life this morning. So glad that you're here. Um, we uh, have been in a series for the last few weeks called Bless. And I want to just kind of catch you up to speed. Maybe you haven't been to life. Maybe you've not been to life in a while. And uh, a friend invited you. I want to kind of pull you in so you know what we're doing and where we're headed, where we're going. So uh, for 10 years, our church, we knew what our vision was. God told us when we started Life Church that our vision was to reach 20% of those who are far from God in Floyd County. Right now, 70,000 people do not attend church in our county. And the Lord made it very clear that we were to be part of an army uh, that would reach 20% of that, which is 14,000 people. For 10 years, our church, we had no idea what we were doing, just to be honest with you. We tried a lot of things and programs and systems and all that kind of stuff. And uh, in June of this last year, the Lord made it very clear and very obvious how we were to accomplish that vision of reaching 20% in Floyd County. This is a community-wide effort. It's not just a vision for our church. It's the vision for our city. And um, so very clear uh, what that looks like. Um, and that began in June of this past year, 2018. And through, through August, for a couple of months, the Lord was just so good to us and told us, and let us know how we were to carry out the vision of seeing our city change. Listen, I want our county and I want our city to be better for our kids and our grandkids. How about you? Amen. And uh, I believe the best days for our city and our county are to come. Uh, and so because of that, that's what we're about here at Life Church. Um, and uh, when we started Life Church, God gave us a passage of scripture that literally was the pillar, the foundation for Life Church, and that's Luke 10, 25 through 29. And uh, we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, and we're going to kind of continue with that today. But in essence, this vision is to make one-to-one disciples. A one-to-one disciple is a disciple, a follower of Jesus, who first of all lives out of the power of one event. If the resurrection happened, and I believe that it did, it changed everything. It changed history. It changed everything Uh, It's the centerpiece of history, uh, the resurrection. And we want to help you live out of that. Live out of the flow of that, the power of that. Um, And so we want to help people live out of the power of one event. Secondly, to have two purposes. And that is to love God and to love others. Listen, we make this thing way too complex. We make it way too difficult. We make church too difficult. There's too much red tape. We tell people to do too many things and all of that. We start all kind of programs. At the end of the day, the essence is simple. And that is God wants you to have two purposes in your life. Loving him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And loving other people. That's why you're on this planet. I don't know what you've been told or what you've been taught. But that's why you're here. Amen? And then we want to help. We want to have one mission. A one-to-one disciple, they live out of the power of one event. They have two purposes, love God and love others, and one mission. What is the one mission? It is to disciple someone else to live out of the power of one event with two purposes. That's all it is. That's all we're going to do. We're going to focus on being simple but being strategic. And I believe in doing that, we're going to see a city changed. And that's what we're signed up for. But it's going to take some time. You know, everybody wants a microwave approach. Pastor, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Let's do it quick. Let's do it fast and all that. But our culture as a church has to change. For vision to happen, culture has to be changed. And so it's going to take a six-year process. 
It's going to take a six-year process. In six years, here's what I believe. You're going to be a totally different person than you are today. It's going to take us a little while to get there. Listen, you are a product of your past, and who you are today is a product of who you've been. And so I believe in six years, uh, if you go on this journey with us, you're going to be completely different. Listen, you're going to be surprised at who you are, but it's going to take us a little bit of time. We're going an inch a week is what we're doing, an inch a week. And so today, we're going to begin sort of the second part of bless. The word bless is used 486 times in the Bible. Uh, there are four different words for the word bless. And we're, we're using this word to introduce some core disciplines that you and I can institute in our lives that will change our lives. And uh, it's ta- they're taken from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 29. We'll put this up on the screen. <coughs> it says, And a lawyer stood up and put Jesus to the test. And he said, uh, Teacher, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? You know, a lawyer should know what the law says, right? It says, what's written in the law and how does it read to you? And this lawyer says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. So we've talked about that for the last three weeks. That is the B of bless. And the discipline we've talked about, and I really hope that you have sort of taken it seriously. I hope that it's become a habit in your life over the last three weeks. But the discipline of loving God with our hearts is to simply begin each day with God. Just to begin each day with God. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a choice. See, this whole thing is about relationship, folks. It's not about religion. It's not about checklists. It's not about legalism. It's not about performance. It's not about God loves me more if I do this and God loves me less if I do that. God didn't make us that way. See, at the end of the day, God, he chose a group of people, the Jewish people, a family, and now he adopts us as Gentiles into that family. We're adopted. It's his choice to bring us into his family. And God's desire is to parent us forever. That's what God wants for you. He just wants to be your dad. He wants to parent you. And so the parenting process begins while we're here on this planet. And then it continues when we go to where he is in a place called heaven. He wants to parent you forever and ever and ever in relationship. That's what it's about. It's about intimacy. It's about relationship. It's about knowing God and being known by God. It's about walking life out with God by your side. And so we talked about the B is begin each day with God. So every day when you wake up, make the choice. I'm beginning with the best choice that I can possibly make today, and I'm going to begin with God. So if you have four seconds before you got to go wake your kids up for school, pray for those four seconds. I've talked to people, and they've said, you know what? It's crazy over the last three weeks. God's woke me up early. He does that kind of stuff, you know? Because he wants us to begin our day with him. It's the best choice that you can make every day, and it's the first choice that we make to begin our day with God. It's not like, let's begin by reading the Bible and worship for 30 minutes. Just listen, make a conscious choice to love God with your heart, and that choice is to begin your day with God. Continues on, this passage does. It says, love God with all your soul. We're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. Love God with all your strength and Love God with all your mind. That's what we're going to focus for the next three weeks. To love God with our mind. How do you love God with your mind? So when we talk about loving God with our heart, our heart is our emotions. It is our will. It is who we are. But how do you love God with your mind? You ever thought about that? We're going to talk about how do you love God 
with your mind. See, I don't know about you, but my mind is always working. I have what doctors call ADD. Praise the Lord, right? I was diagnosed in fourth grade, and they added the H since then, right? And so my mind's always going. It's always going. Listen, I worry if my mind is not going. I'm like, why am I not thinking about something? Why am I not pondering something? Why am I not thinking of a new business to start or another person to talk to or worrying about my kids? Like, my mind, like many of you, is always going. It's always full throttle, in motion, working. It never takes downtime until I go to sleep, right? Is that you? Say amen if that's you. So we have a group of people. We have an entire church of ADD folks, right? Amen. Just gave you your diagnosis. And so... How do we love God with our minds? Because if our minds are always going, how exactly can we shut it down for just a little bit and divert our attention to something else or someone else? And that's where we come into the L that we're going to talk about for the next three weeks. And that is this. Listen to God at least one hour a week. Now listen, I know some of you, like, you, you, you've been doing this for a long time, and you're, you're really like a super Christian. We all kind of aspire to be like you, and you're like, Pastor, an hour a week, really? Is that enough? Listen, it's a start, right? It's just a start. And for some of us, listen, we haven't even started starting. And so it's just, where do we start? And so here's what I'm going to ask, here's the ask the next three weeks. Will you listen to God for one hour a week. Now, some of you are like, no. So I'm going to give you an excuse not to come back to Life Church the next two weeks. Because you know what we're going to talk about in two weeks? The next two weeks, we're going to talk about listening to God for an hour a week. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to tell you some more things about that next week, and then we're going to move on. So if you don't like this, that's fine. I'm telling you what we're doing. Go to another church. Look, do home church. Read the Bible. Whatever you do. But that's what we're talking about the next two weeks. Lo- listening to God at least one hour a week. Now, so I know some of you are like, an hour? That's a big ask. Like, let's be honest. Some of you are like, I've never, I don't even know if God were to speak to me right now, and you're telling me to listen to him for an hour a week. Like, some of us are really intimidated by that, right? Let's be honest, okay? We're really intimidated by that. And so, how do I listen to God for an hour a week? So, let's just start with the hour part, okay? Because that's the ask. An hour a week, the next couple of weeks. So, I want to just uh, remind you that you have 168 hours in a given week. You realize that, right? So, if I were to tell Josiah, Josiah is one of our interns here at Life Church. We have three interns at Life Church. They're college students at Shorter, phenomenal folks. Josiah plays football. He caught his first fish with me yesterday. <laughs> right, Josiah? Had a great time. Took him fishing. Josiah... Tell you what, buddy, I have $168 that I want to give you as a gift for a college student. Amen, Josiah? You'd be down with that, right, for a college student? If I were to say I want to give you a gift, $168, and all that I'm asking for in return is $1, would you take that, would you take that trade? Absolutely. I would too. So if any of you want to give me $168, I will give you a dollar back. Amen. Now, you understand that you have 10,080 minutes in a given week. 
So if you live till next Sunday, you will have spent 10,080 minutes. See, every day is a gift from God. You realize that, right? I mean, the reality is this, folks. You're going to die, and so am I. One out of one people die. 100% of us, okay? And so because of that, every day is a gift. I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not even promised my next breath. It's a gift from God. God gives us this gift. So if God were to say to Josiah, Josiah, I'm giving you $10,080, and all I want you to give me in return is 60 of that. Josiah, would you do that? Josiah would say, absolutely, right? An hour is not a big ask. It's less than 1% of your week. It's not a big ask. Now, so for those of you who are like, it's still a big ask, let's talk about that for a minute. So this coming week, let me tell you how you're going to spend your week, all right? And so we've got a little slide that we want to do. So let's say that you work 60 hours a week. Some of you are like, I don't work that many. Some of you are like, I work more than that. That's a lot of working. You're working, look, if you work 60 hours a week, that's a lot of life. That's working 12 hours a day for five days. Just being honest with you, if you're working that much, you're probably neglecting something else. Maybe Sabbath or family or going to your kids' games. You're probably neglecting something for working that many. But listen, that's, another, that's for another day. Let's say you work 60 hours this week. You still have 108 hours left. Let's say, though, so we get work out of the way. Work's out of the way now. Cross that off your list. Let's get sleep out of the way. So let's say that you sleep 56 hours this week. That is eight hours a night. How many of you would be like, I would love to get eight hours a night? Well, let's say that you do, okay? So you sleep eight hours a night this entire week. You still have 52 hours left, right? Okay. So let's say, let's get showering, eating, Makeup, hair, changing, out of the way. Let's say it takes you, ladies, 20 hours a week. Um, personal care, eating, that's a lot of time. It's almost three hours a day. It's a lot of makeup and a lot of food, right? 20 hours a week eating and all of that. You still have 32 hours. Now, that 32 hours has got to be divvied up amongst a lot of other stuff, right? It's got to be divvied up amongst family. It's got to be divvied up amongst kids. It's got to be divvied up. Look, you're given an hour here, so you can take that off the top. But still, the ask is this. It's still only 3% of your dispensable time that you have. It's still only 3%. It's really not a big ask. It's not a big ask. If I said 10 hours a week, some of you are like, that's a big ask. 20 hours, that's a big ask. An hour a week, it's not really a big ask. So this week and next week and the week after, I'm going to ask you to carve out one hour. Now some of you are like, I don't know if I can do it in a solid hour. That's fine. Two 30-minute blocks. All right? An hour, whatever an hour looks like for you. One hour this week, that's the ask, okay? Now this morning, listen to me. I'm going to make this very practical. I realize sometimes you go to church and you're like, what did that guy even say, right? Let's be honest. 
Well, you're not going to leave today and say, what did that guy even say? I'm going to make it real simple for you today, okay? And so here's the thing. Some of us this morning, we're like, okay, an hour, I'm a little freaked out because I don't know what God's going to say to me. And I don't know if God's going to say anything. And here's what I would say. I don't either. Look, I can't force God's hand and say, hey, will you speak to this person? That's God's business, not mine. But what I can do is I can put myself in a position that if he wants to say something to me, he can. See, at the end of the day, listening begins with positioning. Listening begins with positioning. Let's talk about that. You know, if Amy and I wanted to have a conversation, and it's an important conversation, we're not going to try to do it at one of our kids' ball games. We're not going to do it when we're traveling you know, together and the kids are in the car. We're probably not going to do it around the table eating dinner. If we're going to have an important conversation then it's going to be with just us two with the time that we need to talk and to listen. Now, if we're having an important conversation and I'm kind of in la-la land and Amy's like, I don't feel like you're listening to me. What I would do is I would turn my attention and I would focus on her and I would look her in the eyes and my shoulders would be square and I would validate, yes, uh-huh, uh, yeah, uh-huh, okay, right? And I would... I would put myself in a position to hear what she's saying. And whether I'm listening or not is, right? But I would at least position myself, okay? So I would position myself to hear what she is saying. The reason why some of us say, you know what, God never speaks to me. Here's what I would say. We never put ourselves in a position to hear what he has to say. The other thing I would say, some of us say, you know, I don't know if God's ever spoken to me. The other thing I would say is maybe he's asked you or said to you or instructed you to do something, and you're like, you know what, that's out of bounds, I'm not doing that. See, a lot of times we're, here, we're afraid to hear what God really wants to say to us because what it's going to require of us is sacrifice and obedience. But listening begins with positioning. You know, this week, I'm not going to tell you how to hear God's voice. That's an ongoing conversation we're going to have. We'll dialogue about that in future weeks. We'll talk about it a little bit next week. We'll start, we're going to do a series in the summer. We're going to talk some about that, okay? Um, This week is just very simple. Will you put yourself in a position that if God actually does want to say something to you, he has the right to? That's it. Nothing more. No holds barred. Listen, no bait and switch this morning. That's all we're saying. Look, will you just put yourself in a position that if God wants to speak to you in the intimacy of your heart and say something to you that you need to hear or just tell you, I love you, that you're in a position to hear what he has to say? See, the reality, folks, is this. God actually wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. Listen, the devil, he's the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a thief. And so if God does say something or want to say something, the thief is going to say, whoa, listen, that's a little freaky. You don't want to be a weird Christian. Like weird Christians are the Christians that say, I heard God say. That's what he does, you see. He's a thief. He wants to choke out. He wants to steal. He wants, to, he wants to destroy God's voice in our lives. Because that's what thieves do. Listen, thieves take things that don't belong to them. Okay? God actually wants to speak to you. He wants to parent you. He wants you to know that he actually loves you. He actually wants you to know that he is your dad. And he wants to walk life out with you. Because he knows what is in your best interest. How many parents would say, you know what, I've been around the block before I was a teenager. I probably know what's in the best interest of my teenager. Would you say that as a parent? 
Of course, because you've lived it. You've been there. Now, your kids are like, well, that's stupid. My dad's old-fashioned. I mean, look, you know, he don't know what he's talking about. But because we've lived it, because we've seen it, because we've been there, we get it. And God's the same way. He wants to parent us. You know why? Because life is hard. Is life easy? No. Life's hard. He wants to parent us. And part of parenting us is speaking to us, having a relationship. It's just a relationship. And so let me share with you a couple passages of Scripture. Revelation chapter 3. Um, here's what Jesus says. He says, here I am. Now look, if we just stop right there, I could do a whole message on that because Jesus on seven different occasions, he says, I am. He uses these I am statements. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. I am the good shepherd, right? And so here's what he says. Here I am. Am. Here I am. I'm the way, the truth, and life. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the door. Right? Here I am. Here I'm standing. I stand at the door and not what door? The door of our hearts. If anyone hears my voice, you have to hear his voice. But listen to me. In order to hear his voice, you've got to be in a room in the house to be able to hear his voice. It's about positioning. Just about positioning. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. And I'll eat with that person. In other words, we'll break bread, we'll do life. It'll be about a relationship. And they with me. Verse 21, to the one who's victorious, I'll give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears. Do you have ears? You have ears, right? So if you have ears, this is what it says. If you have ears, let them hear what the Spirit, what Spirit? The Holy Spirit says to the churches. Because God wants to speak to you. Listen to what Job says. Many of you know the story of Job. And Job was a righteous man. Job had everything taken away from him. And he didn't curse God. Notice what Job says. For God does speak. For God does speak. Listen, God is not like we have adopted this deist mentality of God. Where God creates the universe and he steps back and he says, you guys go figure it out. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth than that. God is not this deistic reality. God is intimate. He is imminent. He walks beside us. For God does speak. Now one way, now another. See, some of us, the reason why we don't hear what God has to say is because God's not speaking the way he did 10 years ago in our lives. 10 years ago, our faith was fresh. It was new. It was real. And it was relevant. And we heard God's voice. And we read our Bibles. And we prayed. And we did all these things. And God spoke. And today, we're still expecting God to speak that way. But God is saying, look, you're a different person now. I'm expecting you to mature up. I'm speaking in these other things. For God does speak now in one way and now another. Though, one no, though no one perceives it. In a dream, that's the way God speaks. In a vision of the night, God speaks. When deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears. And he may terrify them with warnings. You ever had God speak to you in a warning? Oh, something just in you goes, it's almost like the life sucked out of you. You're like, oh, I better not do that. Some of you said, that's my conscience. Call it whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Could it be that God said, there's a line. You're about to cross a line. You do that. It's a point of no return, right? So sometimes God speaks in warnings to turn them from wrongdoing and to keep them from pride. For God does speak. I could share with you some other passages. 
But I'll tell you what, we'll camp out. If you, I've shared with other, I, there's some other passages. If you want to go to uh, version Live, you can go uh, to that. But here's another one, John 16, verse 12 through 14. Jesus says, I have much more to say to you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. I've got a lot more guys that I want to tell y'all. We're friends. We've hung out for three years. There's some things I want to tell you. More than you can bear, though. In other words, you can't handle it right now. But when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And watch this. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will not speak on his own. He will speak what he hears. Who he hears? Jesus. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Now, let me stop right here. Let me just say this to some of you. You know, Life Church, I love our church because we all come from different backgrounds. We've got former Catholics and Presbyterians and Baptists and uh, tongue talkers and non-tongue talkers and people who danced at church. We got all sorts of, look, we're, we're, a, mixed, we're a mixed bag here at Life Church. And, I, you know, I just, I want to just say this because... Like, I believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit can do what he wants to do. It's like, it's so arrogant of me to say God doesn't do what he used to do, and God can't do that, and God, that's just, that's crazy for me to say that. I believe the whole, like, he's God. In the moment that I put God in a box, then I'm a fool. You know what I'm saying? And I'm arrogant. But, uh, in saying that, in saying that, I do have a problem with some churches that take this to the extreme. Because the Holy Spirit's role is to bring witness and glory to Jesus. That's his role. It's not to be the center of attention. It's to make Jesus the center of attention. Because Jesus was the one who went to a cross and had nails driven in his feet and his hands. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to hear what Jesus has to say. And I'm going to testify to what Jesus has to say. And I'm going to make Jesus the man. Is what the Holy Spirit says. And so, I, you know, sometimes when churches are all about making the Holy Spirit the man, I've got a little issue with that because Jesus is the man. Would you agree with that? This passage says he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So Jesus gives the marching orders and the Holy Spirit makes it known. He, watch, watch, watch. He speaks. He speaks. And the reason why is because God wants to speak to you. A second thought is this. Listening is proof of belonging. When you hear the voice of God in your life, see, God speaks in a variety of ways. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. Not today. But listening is proof of belonging. Let me share with you what I mean. John chapter 8 verse 47 says, whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you don't hear what he says is that you don't belong to God. So some of us in this room this morning, we've questioned whether we're a Christian, whether we're good enough, whether we're saved, whether our decision was the right, whether our decision stuck, whether we were really baptized or we just are all that. Here's what I would say. Listen, settle the issue this week by listening. That's how you settle the issue and you silence the voice of a thief in your life. Settle the issue. Because whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. Settle the issue. That's how you settle it. There's some other passages. I, I'm not gonna, I don't have time this morning, unfortunately, to, to read 
them. But today, it's very simple. Listening begins with positioning. Listening begins with positioning. So my ask is this. Will you put yourself this week in a position to hear what God wants to say to you? Now, can I tell you absolutely God's going to speak? I don't know. I'm not God. Okay? But what I can tell you is this. If you don't put yourself in a position, if he does want to speak, it's going to be drowned out by all the noise. So I'm going to tell you how to do that. All right? Are you all ready to be practical for a minute? Let's be very practical for how we're going to do that this week. All right? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to schedule it. So I want everybody to get their phones out right now. Go ahead, get your phones out. God help you if you use like a paper copy of a day planner or whatnot. Like, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but the real world uses, I'm just kidding. Realize some of you didn't bring your calendars and that's okay, but get your phones out. Whether you use your phone to schedule your appointments or not, we're going to schedule your date this week. You're going to date God for an hour this week. You ready? So uh, what time can you do it this week? What, so go ahead, put your hour down. I'm going to give you, man, my time, I hate that big old screen that tells me how long I've got, but I'm going to give you all 52 seconds because it says I'm really finished in 50 seconds, but I'm going to give you 50. Go ahead, schedule it. We're going to make it practical this morning at Life Church. Schedule it. When are you going to set aside an hour? You've got 168 choices, so you have plenty of choices. Twenty. Just want to let y'all know. Can't give y'all all day here. If you're like, I don't know when I can do it, then put it on your to-do list to schedule your hour with God this week. All right. Some of you're like, you know what? I'm not sure I can then stop sleeping eight hours a night. Sleep seven hours one night. There's your hour. Fast for lunch. There's your hour. You got it now, okay? Do it over lunch. Doesn't matter. Just schedule your hour this week. Oh, they just gave me four, uh, five minutes more. Amen. Thank you on the back. I appreciate you. We have, a one, we have a wonderful production team. They love their pastor. So you're going to schedule it. Here's this next thing you're going to do. Listen, next thing you're going to do is you're going to get alone. Man, it's hard getting alone. There's always things that, that are coming up and people pull at you and they want your attention. And here's the thing I know. This hour is going to be the most contested hour in your week this week. Listen, the guy who you've been trying to sell a million dollars worth of product to is going to call you two minutes before your hour this week. And then he's going to send you a text that says, I'm finally ready to buy. Call me within the hour. And you're going to have to make a choice. It's going to be the most contested hour of your week. Listen, your kid, I don't want to say this, but like, they're going to pull at you and I need mom. And I, This is going to be the hardest hour of your week. It's going to be a fight. But it's in your calendar now. Okay. So to get alone, just get alone, just get alone, all right? So wherever your alone spot is, it might be out by a lake. I wouldn't do that this week, but in future weeks, amen? Listen, 
in your bedroom, at your wherever, wherever an alone place is for you, or there's no noise. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to bring a journal or a notebook or a piece of paper, and I want you to do a mind dump. Have you ever done a mind dump before? Let me tell you what a mind dump is, okay? A mind dump is all those little things that are, that are spinning. You're just going to take and write down on that piece of paper, in that journal, on that note. You're just going to do a mind dump. Because listen, everything that you can possibly think of is going to try to keep you from focusing. And so here's what you do. You take the, here's what the Bible says. Take every thought captive unto the obedience of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So I'm teaching you how to take your thoughts captive. You take them from here and you put them where you can see them. Because when they stay here, you can't see them anymore. You take them here, you put them where you can see them, and then you don't think about them because you can see them. So look, I got to buy eggs. Eggs goes on your list. Uh, I got to pack lunches and we're out of Capri Suns. Capri Suns and lunches, okay? I got to call Don back because he's called me 400 times. Call Don. Get it out of here and put it here. Listen, the mind dump itself may take you a half an hour, 45 minutes, but get it here, take every thought captive, and write it down, okay? All right? So now your mind is still, okay? You got everything out. And listen, there's no white noise now, all right? So here's what you're going to do. And folks, all this is is about positioning yourself to listen. That's all it is. Here's what you're going to say. You're going to make this one statement. God, I can now give you my full attention. God, I now give you my full attention. And then just shut up. I don't know what's going to happen after that. That's the exciting part. Because the creator of the entire universe, you've just made a statement with your mouth that the one who flung every star in the sky and created every atom in your body, that you are turning your attention, you are positioning yourself to hear what he has to say, and I don't know what he's going to say. Listen, if you worry and you battle with anxiety and thoughts and your mind runs wild, mind dump it and give God your attention. Give him your attention. Now, here's the thing. Listen to me. Let me just say this, okay? For some, God's going to say, it's time to. And you're going to hear it in here. It's time to stop. And he's going to fill in the blank. And some of us this week, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be like, ah, I think I need to hold on to that one. God, I don't think you understand whenever I'm tired, whenever I'm hungry, whenever I need a fix, that's what I run to. And some of us, listen, we're not going to do this this week because you know that God has already spoken and said it's time to. And you're like, if I put myself in a position, he's going to say the exact same thing. And I'm not sure I want to listen. And listen, the reality is this. You can do life however you want to do it. 
if you think you're smarter than him and, he, and you've got your best interest at heart, knock yourself out. Go for it. It's your life. Or he may say this. It's time to forgive. Lord, look, I don't think I need to... God, I don't think you know what they did to me. God, I, I don't, look, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't think you have an understanding of how bad they hurt me. It's time to speak up. But God, if, you, if I speak up, they're going to think I'm one of those freaks. I don't know if I can speak up. And so, look, here, here's the it's relationship. It's relationship. So God's going to say something like this. It's time to stop. You're like, Lord, I don't know if I can right now. Because see, here, the enemy, remember, did I tell y'all he comes to steal and kill? He's a thief. Did I tell y'all that? So he wants to take what God wants to give you. And so what God wants to give you is himself. And the enemy wants to snatch that, take that. And so here's what's going to happen. Listen. Don't let this happen in your life. So some of you, you're going to schedule it, and then you, you, it's like you're going to dread it. And, and the enemy, he's the accuser of the brethren. He goes through those doors. He's got, you know what? You know if you step, what God's going to tell you and all that. So here, here's what I want to, listen, push past it. Push past it this week. Push past it, okay? And here's what I'm saying how you push past it. You still go ahead and do it and do your mind dump. And you may, look, you may feel like you know what God's going to say. Stop, start, go, forgive, or whatnot. And I want you to just have an honest conversation with the creator of the universe this week. And so he says, stop, and you say this, God, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. I'm not sure I can quit that right now. It brings me joy. And, I, and I, don't, I, I don't know what I would do without it. I associate so many things with that habit. And, and I'm not sure that if I give that up, what my mind will do, God. And so, so you say something like this, but God, I give you my full attention. I hear what you're saying. And, and I'm asking for the strength. I'm asking for the desire. Because I don't, look, in and of myself, I don't know if I can. Or God says forgive. And you're like, God, look, I'm hurt. I'm hurt so bad. Will you help me heal up a little bit first before I do that? Or God says, speak up, and you're like, God, look, I'm afraid. I really am. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. Um, I'm, I'm afraid of what they're going to say about me. I'm, listen, I'm afraid that, they're gonna, that I'm not going to be uh, popular. I'm afraid that they're not going to like me. I'm afraid that they're going to call me names. God, I'm afraid. And listen, it's okay to tell God that. Do you know when my relationship with God went to the next level? When I was honest with him. Because, see, it's a relationship. And all I really want for you, listen, is just to have a real relationship. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And uh, Father, we just, uh, we just come to you right now. And I want your people just to have a real relationship with you. It's just to be who they are and what they do and how they move and how they flow. And um, all those things, just to be uh, in relationship, to actually know when you say something and and know when it's their own minds and their own thoughts and all of that. Just to have a relationship with you. That's all I want for these people here today. For, for this whole thing not to be about rules. God, in our, we're all rebels. Uh, and so when there's rules, we try to break the rules. And so, Lord, not for it to be this thing about rules and checklists and what we have to do. Or how we have to earn your approval. But it just to be real, authentic, raw 
relationship with the God that you are of this entire galaxy, this entire universe, and we can actually have a relationship with you. Lord, not to see you as some cosmic creator up in the sky, but a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, I pray that this week we would give you one out of 168 hours. Some I know will do more than that, and that's great. But Lord, for each of us, just to set aside the time and the day and the hour. And no matter what, we would really be in tune. That we would take every thought captive, that we would get it out. So that there's not clutter in our minds. And we can actually position ourselves to listen to what you have to say. That's my prayer today, Lord. That we'd listen to you an hour a week this week. If you'll just leave your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. I realize that some of you I'm speaking pig Latin to. And the reason I am is because, like, you don't get it. And it's okay that you don't get it. There was a time in my life I didn't get it. And the reason I didn't get it is because I hadn't developed the relationship. As a matter of fact, I hadn't entered into the relationship. See, the Bible says that, that salvation, the relationship, is a gift. It's a gift. And it's a gift that God wants to give you, but you have to receive the gift. You don't have to earn it. It's already been paid for. You don't have to earn it by being good, being noble, giving, serving. You don't have to earn this gift of eternal life. It's a gift that God wants to give you. He paid for it. But you have to receive it. And some of you this morning have not received it. You've not received the life that God has for you. You've not been, we can use the word save. We can use the word born again, redeemed. Whatever word you want to use, it doesn't matter. But here's what I want to ask you. Would you receive Jesus into your life this morning? And if you'd say, yes, I'd like to, the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And so I want to ask you to just say this prayer with me in your heart, okay? You don't have to say it out loud. If you're serious, if you want to begin a relationship with God this morning, I want to ask if you would just pray this prayer. Okay, just pray it. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And you came to this earth to die for sinners like me say this prayer. Will you come into my heart and save me? Give me the gift of eternal life. And I'll live my life for you from this day forward. Lord, I give you myself and I repent of all my sins and I ask you to be Lord today. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you've made the greatest decision you'll ever make on this planet. So the hard decision has been made. What I'm about to ask you to do is a very easy decision. And that is, would you just now own the decision? And the way you own that decision is identifying with Christ. And so in just a minute, if you made that decision, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in the air. And what's going to happen is one of our first responders is going to come to the aisle in which you're seated. And you're just going to very quietly and discreetly dismiss yourself with them. And they're going to go, and we want to get just some information, because now we have a responsibility to you to help you. We'd like to give you a Bible. We'd like to answer any questions that you have. You've already made the most difficult part of this decision, and now it's just identifying with Jesus, okay? And so if you made that decision this morning and you meant it, I want to ask you, will you raise your hand in the air right now? Will you raise your hand in the air 
right now and leave it up. Will you raise your hand in the air right now and leave it up? Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? I made that decision for the first time. Just raise your hand. Anyone else? Amen. So, Lord, we thank you for the gift of eternal life. And, Lord, may this week we just position ourselves to hear what you have to say. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.